If you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me to Psalm 25. We're going to starting at verse 1. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O God. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth. Teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. There's nothing I can add to that. It's perfect. All right. But stand with me and we're going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning that we get to gather together. I pray that you'll bless this service and you'll bless worship that we'll be led in it. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be. Good to be. <laughs> it's just good to be, isn't it? Sometimes it's just good to be. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be at the end, end of a year, especially this year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just waiting. Just waiting a little bit. Just, you know, I always have something planned, but Stephanie, everybody see Stephanie? Where's Stephanie? Hey, where'd she go? Where did she go? There she is back there. Welcome back, Stephanie. So good to have you. Now go back. <laughs> Finish up. Come back. Do great things. Amen. Amen. Stephanie's been uh, in her third year at Karis Bible College out in Colorado. Hallelujah. Very exciting. Yes. Good to have her back. We, she stayed at our place last night and just bring the gain down. There we go. Better? I feel like I'm in a tin can. Hello, hello, hello. Um, so yeah, we just, she was just sharing last night about some of the things that's been going on and the, what God's putting on her heart. And it's exciting. God's got plans. Amen. Amen. I bet I can make it really echo. Hang on a second. Make some crazy noises. Why not, huh? Why not? Praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> I know what's going on. I just I gotta, you just got to bear with me because uh, God has some stuff. God wants to say some stuff this morning. God wants to do some things in your heart this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Turn with me to uh, Psalm chapter 25. Psalm chapter 25. It's where... Uh, What's his name? <laughs> Danny! Danny, I knew it. Who said David? Somebody said David. That really messed me up. So, so here's the deal. If you're new here, I, if I know you really, really well, I forget your name. Because it's just like, new people, I remember people's names. But... People have been here forever. Yeah, people, for, you know, and I'll go, it's like, you know, what's her name that sits over there? You know, my wife, uh, Debbie. So, in, uh, so during worship, I was, you know, I wanted to acknowledge Stephanie, and I, I had to touch Deb's elbow, and I said, what's her name? Because Stacy was in my head, and I could not get past Stacy, and I don't know why. I don't know many Stacys, so. But Stephanie, there we go. And then there, so Danny this morning started out the service with uh, Psalm chapter twenty-five, and and it was I asked him why he picked that that verse, and uh, he said, well, it was in the daily reading, and I knew that because it was in the daily reading, and 
And it just that those verses actually really touched me this morning too. And I and I wanted to uh, so I actually posted them on Facebook. You know that makes it official when you post it on Facebook. <laughs> so I posted it on Facebook, and it's just good. Let's read those verses again because those are it's it speaks this morning. Psalm chapter twenty-five, beginning with verse one, says to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth, and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Man, that's good stuff. Those are good promises. You know, the Bible is is a book that was written to reveal God to man. He used people all the way through history, used uh, from many different centuries, many different places, different you know, locations in the, in the known world at that time. And as he wrote, as David, thank you for those who said David, I knew it was David who wrote Psalms, but when David wrote that, you know, if you know the story of David, there were times when he was really going through some stuff. His life, even though he was the king, wasn't always, you know, peachy. Wasn't always perfect. And, and I just love that about the Word, because the Word wasn't written in a bubble. You know, it wasn't written from heaven. I mean, even though God wrote it, it was His voice, it was His, His Spirit that spoke through people, it was written in a world that people have to deal with. And praise God for His promises. Praise God that in the midst of this, David is saying, you know, uh, you, O oh Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God, in you I trust. I'm still ringing. You guys, guys, I, uh, John, John, you're John, John. It's ringing and it, it is really distracting to me. Sorry. Hallelujah. Oh my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. He was surrounded many times by enemies, and sometimes those enemies were who? His own family. Man, that's scary stuff. I mean, that's like Christmas. (laughs) Although our Christmas was awesome. Surrounded by family, it was awesome. We had a great time. No enemies. We didn't let any enemies in this year. This year. All of my relatives who are watching, I'm not talking about you, obviously. Even though you weren't let in, you know, I mean, it's just. Indeed, none who wait on you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. You know, there are people out there who are wantonly treacherous. And they will be put to shame. Praise God for that. I don't have to do it. As much as I'd like to do it, I don't have to do it. I can even just relax. And that's really what was on my heart. I wasn't going to read those verses today, but just really it, it spoke to me both this morning as I read it and as Danny read it. And I was like, man, that's just, that sets the stage of what, we, what, God, what God has put on my heart for today. Because this week, um, my wife and I and our family have been dealing with something. It's nothing horrible. It's actually something good, but it's, it's tenuous. It's, it's shifting. It's, you know how you, you know, anybody here ever wake up in the middle of the night and you're just anxious? You wake up and you can't sleep because your head's going, trying to figure out all the details. You know, it seems like the older you get, when you're young, you're just, you're, you know, clueless. You you can sleep till 10, you know. Well, not totally clueless, I mean, but you're, you know. 
I'm an equal opportunity annoyer right there, both young and old. But you know what I'm talking about? You just, you wake up and you just, all of a sudden you just feel everything tense. You know, sleep is supposed to be relaxed. And I woke up one night about two in the morning. It's usually about two. I don't know why it's two. I woke up at two and I was just, I could feel every muscle in my body just tense. And it wasn't, it's not a bad thing. It's really not. It's not a horrible, it's a good thing. It's just details and making sure how does everything work and I have no control over it. You know, I have no control over it. And uh, I woke up and I was like, (gasps) and all of a sudden I heard these words. Go over to Proverbs. This is really what's on my heart. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, begin with verse 5. This, these two verses started going over and over and over in my soul. And every time I tried to get anxious, you know, it's one thing to be anxious, you know, when you, when you have a situation, and then it's another thing when you try to take back that control and you try to figure out, you know, God, God you know, tells you, he gives you help, he, he gives, you know, gives you an answer or he gives you the opportunity to relax, just relax, and, you know, and then you try to take it back again because you want to figure it out. You got, well, oh, there's one more detail I'm sure God's forgot about, you know, that I got to take care of. And so, but these verses started going over and over in my soul. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning with verse 5, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. When I was a kid, um, my mom so there's a couple of things. One, one is she listened to KTIS 24 hours a day. She actually would listen to WCCO for like an hour for the news, but then she'd go back to KTIS. And she had, the other thing was she had uh, refrigerator magnets with Bible verses and Bible sayings on the refrigerator. And then whenever I was in the middle of something, whether it be school or sports or relationships or whatever else, she would quote me that verse. That verse was on her. Those two verses were on her, her uh, refrigerator. Uh, that one, and if God said it, that settles it. That's good enough for me. That was the other saying that was on. But then there was this verse, trust in the Lord with all your hearts. See, I didn't have to even read that this morning. I just, I've heard it and, and, and meditate. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. That verse, those verses kept, and it wasn't something I, th- I wanted to, you know, I made myself think of. It just came up in me. Why? Because there's so much in this world that is completely out of our control. Doesn't matter what age you are, doesn't matter what station in life, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you are. There is so much in this world that you can't control. And 2020 has proved it. I said last week, did anybody have any idea that this was going to happen, that 2020 was going to happen? Nobody did. And then it started happening. And every time something new happened, you just you had that opportunity to go. <gasps> Because what are we going to do? How are we going to solve this? How are we going to fix it? How are we going to manage it? How are we going to survive? How are... <gasps> Viruses from hell. I mean China. Murder hornets. Do you remember that one? Murder hornets. Do you remember, the, no, those great big hornets that started infestating in the Western? Yeah, yeah, it was always on the Facebook. Yeah, it was all over the Facebook. <laughs> they called them murder hornets. Yeah. No, no, no. These are bigger and worse. Yeah, murder hornets. Then they, then there was, then they found that, that, uh, that, uh, uh, like it was a, there was a sinkhole, and they found a cave that they feel they don't believe had been sealed for thousands of years, and they were going to go explore it. And somebody said, "No, no, no! Don't do that. It's 2020. You know, don't be messing. Don't be. Don't go anywhere like that. Just you know, stay up here. Be safe. Elections. 
I mean, everything is out of our control. And then we live in Minnesota and Wisconsin and the weather is out of our control. <laughs> everything. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your steps or make your path straight. And that lines up perfectly with Psalm chapter 25. I mean, you read that again. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. You acknowledge Him, my God, and you I trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let me not be put to shame. He threw that in there because, you know, the worst thing is that somebody figures out that we're not capable. That feels like shame, doesn't it? When things, when, when I don't, you know, perform to the utmost, when I'm not, you know, hitting on all cylinders, you know, I don't, I just don't want to be put to shame. There's enough shame in the world without messing up and screwing up and Indeed, he says, no one who wait, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. Praise God for that. Make me know your ways. We need to know his ways. We've been saying that all along. So, you know, in looking at, we're going into 2021. 2021 is going to be an easy year. <laughs> That's a faith statement. I have no idea. But I think we have a clue. I think we have a, I think we have a, uh, a leg up. We made it through 2020. We made it through, if you made it through 2020, I mean, you know, there, you know, there's been worse years, I suppose. There's been world wars. There's been other stuff, you know, with higher death counts. And, but in our lifetime, this is probably the weirdest year I've ever been a part, been a, been a part of. Well, there was the 60s, but that's, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> But going into, coming out of 2020 and going into 2021, one of the things that I have actually had a, this thought a lot lately is we can have a little 2020 PTSD. <laughs> Waiting for the other shoe to drop. Because anything, you know, we're still not, don't, well, don't even be talking about 2020, Pastor, and being done with it because we're not out yet, okay? Don't mess it up. Don't jinx it has nothing to do with jinxing it. it has nothing to do with luck it has nothing to do with any of that it has everything to do with trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths you know we started out this year with goals uh you know i was uh, i write some things down i don't write as much down as i as i should as i'd like to but one of the things that I remember in uh, the week devoted to God last at the beginning of this year, beginning of 2020, was the Lord says, you'll be amazed at where you are at the end of the year. That's an understatement, isn't it? You'll be amazed at where you are. You'll be amazed at where the church is. You'll be amazed at what happens what what god will do with this year you know and with everything as bad as it has been and with as weird as it has been as out of control as it has been look where we are this church grew a lot it grew a lot people-wise. It grew a lot influence-wise. It grew a lot. I mean, we're, we're like I was telling somebody, I was telling Stephanie, Stephanie, I see you, I remembered your name. <laughs> I was telling Stephanie last night, we've, we, we're, we get notes from people from around the country saying, hey, we're watching you. You don't even know us, but we're watching you. People around the world are watching us weekly. Some, there's probably people from around the world watching us right now, live. Look at, look at the influence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what the world does. doesn't matter what the devil does. doesn't matter what anything does. 
We trust in the Lord with all of our heart and we lean not on our own understanding and in all of our ways we acknowledge Him. He will direct our paths and He will bless us. Amen. That was one of the things that, you know, whether it was March or April, it kind of all blended together. But I was preaching and I said, we're not just going to survive this. This is when we were shut down. I mean, we had, you know, the essential people coming and running cameras and playing. You know, everybody's essential. Everybody. That's why everybody's invited from now on. Whether, you know, if they say only essential personnel, you're all essential. You're all invited. You're all invited. You, you be here. But in the middle of that, I said, we're not only going to survive, we're going to thrive. And we have. Not because I said it, but because He's good. Because His Word is true. Same in your home. Same in your life. Same in your family. You're not only going to survive 2020, you're going to thrive. You've, you've thrived. I know people who have had amazing things happen this year. Families grew. Hallelujah. Businesses grew. Glory to God. People grew. <laughs> we're not just going to survive 2020. We, we're going to thrive. And we actually have to have that statement or that, that belief or we're subject to whatever the world throws at you. You have to make that decision ahead of time. You need, to, you need to have that mindset from the beginning that you acknowledge Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Because if you leaned on your own understanding this year, oh my goodness, you'd still be in the bunker. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Father, I trust You. I believe You. I want to honor you. I, I want to put you first. Lord, tell me what to do. Lead me. Guide me. Make my path straight. I want, to, I want to go where you want me to go. I want to do because when you do, when you do what he tells you to do, no matter what it looks like, because there will be people who tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. Stop. It's not safe. It's not practical. There will even be people who are well-meaning people who say, it's not wise. You're being foolish. No, I'm listening to God. I'd rather be a fool for Christ. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. You tell me, what, and if you wanted me to stop, I'll stop. In a second, I'll stop. But right now, he's not saying stop. He, you know, I remember back in, was it April or May, he said, it's time to hit the gas. It's not time to put on the brakes. It's not a time to slow down. It's not a time to, to cloister. It's time to go. I'm sure there were a few disciples in the boat that were saying, Peter, you're nuts. What are you doing? Because they didn't get out and walk. But Jesus said, come. Let's go. Let's do something crazy. Let's go, let's go wild. Let's increase our understanding of what God can do. <clears throat> to be able to trust in the Lord... <clears throat> With all your heart, you need to know Him. You need to know Him. And I mean really know Him. That's one of the scariest verses in the Bible is when the sheep and the goats are being separated. And the goats are saying, when did, it, when did you, when were you among us? When were you hungry? When did you need clothing? And Jesus said, depart from me because I never knew you. I don't know you. I mean, does he not know? How does he not know? He's got, <clears throat> he knows who they are, but he doesn't know. I mean, I know Larry, but you really know Larry. You know Larry. I want to really know God. And that's what we need. It, it, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how talented you are. Proof positive. 
doesn't matter what your lineage is, what your birth is, where, where you grew up, who you were born to, when you were born, what sex you were born, what height you were born. doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters because God, it's who you know. But you have to know Him. You have to know Him. How, and then, okay, so here's, here I led you right into it. So how do you know Him? So how do you know Him? I'm going to go all the way back. This is a refresher. A refresher going into 2021. Because bottom line, things don't change. God is God, still, will, still is, always will be. And there's some, some base, pivotal, bottom line things. Things that are important, things that, things that, that matter. Things that we, we call them here the six pillars of RVFM. Now, I didn't send you, some things never change. I didn't send you this link, sorry. So if you want to type them in as we go, you can. Or not, as the case may be. Six pillars of RVFM. What's RVFM? RVFM is, is the organization that we began this last, well, actually, last Christmas or two Christmases ago. Wow. A while back. And it oversees all the churches, in the, the four churches in the valley, the future churches in the valley. We have a vision here to have 24 churches in the St. Croix River Valley that are part of an organization that is preaching the gospel, going into smaller towns that haven't had a church in a while, that they close down, they become quilting centers, they become uh, you know, whatever. They used to have, they have a bar, they have a post office, and they used to have a church. Well, we want to put a church there because there's people there that need Jesus. God's given us a vision to have 24 of those in the St. Croix River Valley. We have four right now. RVFM, River Valley Fellowship of Ministries, has been overseeing that and helping to foster that. And I put together last year, the year before, the six pillars. It was, it was 2018. Six pillars of RVFM. Number one, anybody remember what it is? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pop quiz. It's a pop quiz this morning. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Most important thing you can do after being born again. The most important thing you can ever do is be born again. To be saved. To repent of your sins. Allow Jesus, allow the blood of Christ to wash you free of all sin. That is the most important thing you will ever... If you do nothing else in your life, you must do that. Because if a man gains the whole world and loses his soul, he has nothing. You must be born... Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he will not see the kingdom of heaven. And how do you become born again? You repent of your sin. Lord, I'm, I'm so, I, forgive me of my sin. I'm a sinner. I trust what Jesus did on that cross. When He died on the cross, when His blood was shed, it forgave my sins. And that's the only reason I get into heaven. I can't be good enough. I can't work my way into it. I can't serve enough. I can't give enough money. I can't be in the right church. I can't do anything else. There is only one way. There's only one name under heaven by which men might, can be saved, and that is the name of Jesus. And putting our trust in what He did Someday when you stand before God, if He were to say, why should I let you into heaven? I already know the answer. Because <clears throat> Jesus died for my sins. He did, I, you know, it isn't about He just died for the sins of the world. No, He died for my sins. <clears throat> but then, once you are born again, Jesus said in Revelation, He says, I am the door. I stand at the door and knock. Oh, when, a, when someone opens that door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. So when he comes into our life, that's the beginning. When we walk through the door of Jesus Christ, he is the most important name in the whole existence, anywhere. But once we're born again, there's a whole world, a whole universe on the other side of him, through him. And he said, he told the disciples, I have to go. I need to leave. I'm going to go back to the Father. And they said, don't go. And he goes, if I don't go, then the Holy Spirit can't come. 
He said, wait in Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem. Don't, don't do anything. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will receive power to be witnesses. You'll receive power. That power, the, the Greek word is dunamis. Dynamites, where we get our word dynamite. Explosive power. Miracle working power. It changes you. And the disciples didn't leave Jerusalem. They stayed in Jerusalem. They were in the upper room. They stayed there till the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, filled them. And when He filled them, they changed. They were hiding in the upper room. They were locked behind you know, locked doors. They were, they were afraid to do anything. Peter was afraid of a little servant girl. Three times he denied Christ. Fifty days earlier. Fifty days earlier. He, well, 53 days earlier. He denied Christ three times to a little girl. I'm sorry, but you, you don't scare me that much. <laughs> I do scare you, though, don't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he was, he was a wimp. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and filled them. And Peter changed. In that moment, he changed. They, what was the first thing they did when they, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit? They got out of the upper room. They left the upper room. And they got out into the street. I, that's interesting. That's something I, I, I need to think about. Why would they do that other than they were compelled to go? That's what Jesus said. Go out into all the world. Preach the gospel. They go out. Peter preaches. This wimpy, mealy mouth chicken stands up on the street and says, these are not drunk as you suppose. This is like what happened with the, the book of Joel. These men are filled with the Holy Spirit. And he preached a sermon. And that sermon cut the people to their heart. And they said, what must, what must we do to be saved? He preached so, was it 3,000 or 5,000 that day? I don't have the notes. I'm, I'm off my notes so far, I have no idea where I'm at. 3,000, I thought, yeah. 3,000. 3,000 people got saved. In one altar call. Those days are coming again. Those days are here. He fills common folk. He fills fishermen and tax collectors and guys and gals. 120 people in the upper room, both men and women, filled with the Holy Ghost. And, the, and the, they said they, they all, everybody that was there, heard them speaking in their own language. They were preaching the gospel in a language they didn't even understand. That's That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, you have to really put your hope and trust in God. You have to put your belief in that what He's doing is, is real. And Peter preached that sermon and 3,000 people got saved. They changed. How much more today do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? How, do you, how are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Same way you get saved. You don't have to repent. You already did that. Once He forgave you, He forgave you. We need, to, we need to confess our sins every once in a while, but we don't have, he, he saved you. Once He saved you, then you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. How, do you, how do you, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Matthew, I think it's chapter 11, says that if, if the Father, if, 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 the, if your fathers, if you, if, if, you, if you ask them for bread, they won't give you a stone, or if you ask them for fish, they won't give you a scorpion. How much more will the Father, the good Father, give you the Holy Spirit if you... So how do you receive the Holy Spirit? You ask. Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me today, Lord. Fill me. Ephesians 5 says, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Doesn't, doesn't just happen once at Pentecost and wow, wasn't that great back then. 
Wasn't that wonderful in that service when I got filled with the Holy Spirit? That, no, I, get, I can be filled in the Holy Spirit every day. Should be. You should be, fill, be, be being filled. Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Continually being filled. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in our understanding. First is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Second one. Six, second of the six pillars is read your Bible, read your Bible. Daily. daily. We have a daily Bible reading. I'm so glad you're reading it daily. Or did you just read it this morning so that you hadn't? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> or did you catch up like the rest of us this morning? Yeah, I, 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 guilty. I'm not always on the, on the day, but I, I'm up to date today. That's all that matters. It's not law, it's not have to, it's not pressure, it's not... No, it's freedom. But how do you know God? Well, the way you get to know God is you be in His Word. Because that doesn't change. My opinion changes, my, you know, blah, blah, blah. The Word of God doesn't change. It's the same yesterday and today and forever. But being in the Word, reading the Bible, you read the Bible... Our goal, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but our, one of our goals is to read the Bible every day. Every, everyone in this church who is five years old or older should read the Bible every day. I'm encouraging you. I'm, I'm challenging you. I can't force you, but I'd like to, but I won't because it's freedom. For freedom, you've been set free. When I say read the Bible, I mean be in the Word one way or another. There are many times where I listen to the Old Testament, especially Leviticus. We're in Leviticus right now. Dry. Take the blood, throw it on the altar, put it on the ear. Make sure the entrails take all the fat off of them. And then they say it about ten times, over and over and over again. I got it the first time. It's a little dry. Many times I'll listen to it. When I, you know, that way I just hear it as I'm driving or mowing the lawn or whatever it is. I listen to the Word. It's getting in me. I'm actually an auditory learner. It, it, it works better for me sometimes. Be in the Word every day. We have, so we have uh, the, the reading plan that Pastor Greg put together 15 plus years ago. 14. Ooh. He's point. Got to say it. Gwen put it together. I have been giving him way too much credit all these years. <laughs> Gwen put it together. Thank you, Gwen. You get no more credit. Thank you, Gwen. Wow, that maybe probably is longer than 15 years ago then. Long time ago. Has a little bit of the Old Testament, Psalms, and the New Testament. We do it over two years. We do it over two years. Why? Why shouldn't we? Why can't we do it over every 90 days? Because that is crazy, a lot of reading, and most people will never do it. Most people will never read through in two years. They give up, or they get behind, or they fall short, and then they just quit. Don't quit. If you're behind, just pick up today. Psalm 25 is a great place to start. And then, you'll, you know, in two years, you'll get back to Psalm 1 and catch up all the way to 25. We can get you there. Because we've done this over and over again for, for 18, 17, 18 years. Well, it's an, it's an even number. It'd have to be an even number because it's a two-year Bible reading. <laughs> I'll say 18. Read it. Just but be in the Word. Be in the Word. And if you're on your own Bible reading, I know people that are read, read through the Bible every year. Awesome. Kara students used to have to do it in nine months. Still do? They have to read it through in nine months. That's crazy. You've got to like really try. <laughs> but be in the Word, because in the Word is where you're going to get to know Him. And I guarantee you, every day when I read, whenever I read, I always, and I've been at this for over 50 years, I still read something and go, wow. This morning, Psalm 25. I'm reading Psalm 25, 1 through 
4, and I'm going, wow, God, you're so good. And that verse is still as, as alive and as effectual, effective as it was thousands of years ago when he first wrote it. Be in the Word. Know Him. Number three, pray a lot. Pray, pray personally and collectively. Personally and collectively. Personally. I mean, you, so how do, you, how do you pray personally? Well, doesn't he have to memorize a bunch of prayers? Just talk to him like you talk to a friend. Talk to him like you're talking to God. I woke up in the middle of the night last night. Couldn't sleep again. I wasn't anxious last night because I'm putting my trust in him. But I was laying there and I had not, couldn't fall back asleep. I have a great way to fall back asleep. I start praising God. Not because he's boring do I fall asleep, because there's peace. I start praying, the next thing I know it's morning. That's just like, God, you're so good. Thank you for blessing me this year. Thank you for blessing my family. Father, thank you for all that you've done this year. Start naming all the blessings. You've, you've taken care of us. You've, we, we are ending this year better than we ended last year. We are. It doesn't matter what the world did this year. We, I really am. My, my life is better now than it was 12 months ago. God is good. Thank you for that, Lord. You're so amazing. Father, watch over my family. Thank you for that you watch over my family and taking care of them, healing them. Thank you, Lord. I mean, just talk to him, whatever is on your heart. You talk to him. But just worshiping him is, is great. Sing, you know, sing to him. Worship. Pray in the, you know, if you don't know what to pray for, pray in the spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray in your, you know, pray in your understanding, Paul said, but also pray in the spirit. You pray personally. You could pray all day long. I pray when I drive. I really pray when my daughter drives. But you pray. <laughs> but then also collectively, it's good to pray together. The Bible says when one, one can send a thousand to flight, but two can send ten thousand. There's power in corporate prayer. Next week, after the first of the year, beginning next Sunday, it's next Sunday night, we're beginning the week devoted to God. We have done a week devoted to God for many years. I'm going to ask you. I'm not even talking to Greg anymore because you know more than I am. <clears throat> many years. I can't remember the last time, the first time we did it. We did it a couple of times, then we took a year off, and then every year since then we've, we've had a week devoted to God. And what we do is we get together corporately. We get together every night from 7 to 8.30. We set a time, 7 to 8.30. The worship team always has, it's different every night. Sometimes it's, it's Jamie and the whole band. Sometimes it's Jamie. Sometimes it's people we don't even know. They just show up and they lead worship. It's wonderful. She knows them. I don't know them. But, you know, we have worship every night, Monday night through Friday night. So usually somebody is scheduled to speak, but it doesn't always go that way. We're just led by the Holy Spirit. But every day, every day, Monday through Friday, from 10 a.m. until noon, we pray together. We have corporate prayer. We pray in our understanding. We pray for whatever God leads us to pray for, the church, the, the people, the, the government, the, the world, whatever, evangelism, however the Lord leads. We pray in our understanding. We also pray in the Spirit. We pray from 10 until noon. And you're all invited. Everybody, there's no, I mean, everybody's invited. We've had people come for their lunchtime from 11 to noon. Just come in, pray for a while, and leave. I've, had, I've gotten texts from people that say, I can't be there, but I'm praying. From my, from my cubicle, I'm praying. From my classroom, I'm praying. I'm, I'm not paying attention to the teacher, I'm praying. Pay attention to the teacher. Well, now it's Zoom, so, you know, whatever. <clears throat> you can mute yourself. You can put on a different screen and pray for two hours. There you go. But if you want to be here, be here. That'd be awesome. Come and be a part of it. You've never prayed corporately? Come. Be a part of corporate prayer. So we pray from 10 in the morning till noon. And then every night from 7. And then we end at 8.30. We always end at 8.30. And we always have. I can't say we'll always every time will. But we, I think we've, we have been done at 8.30 because the next day is a work day, a school day, a life day, 
We need you to get back and, you know, we, we don't, we're not trying to wear you out. So we just focus, we hit the ground running, we don't, you know, there's not a lot of fluff. There's never much fluff, but, but there's, no, there's no, no fluff during the week. And then on Saturday, so we go Sunday night through Friday, and then on, all, on Saturday we begin at 10 a.m., and we have uh, ministers from the valley are going to be speaking, three or four of them. We're going to have lunch together. Uh, what did we decide? Chicken and mashed potatoes this year? I don't remember what we decided. Greg? No, nah, never mind. <laughs> We're going to have lunch. Lunch is provided, no cost. Come If you don't come to anything else, come to lunch. Come and fellowship, hang out. But just come and be a part of the body. You get to meet people from the other churches. You get to see what God's doing in the valley. It's going to be powerful. That whole, this, that week, the week devoted to God. But if you, you know, whatever works for you, be here. Be a part of it. Or if you can't, uh, I've had the question and we haven't discussed it at all. Somebody asked if they could be live streamed at night. And we'll see. It depends on if you get enough people to run cameras and such. But I've already gotten, I've already had uh, people asking if it could be live streamed at night that are in different parts of the country and asking if we could do that. That's pretty cool. But pray a lot. Get them and give you an opportunity to do that next week, beginning on the 3rd, I believe. Number four of the six pillars of RVFM. Share your faith. Everyone evangelizes. But I've never shared my faith ever. I wouldn't know. I don't even know. What are the four spiritual laws? Raise your hand if you know what the four spiritual laws are. See, exactly. Four spiritual laws. God is good. Man is not. God sent Jesus. And he loves you. I'm making them up. I don't even know. The, the official one. There's a pamphlet. I don't even. I'm just making it up. It's something like that, though. Okay. <laughs> I usually tell you when I'm making stuff up. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't just. I don't talk that way all the time. But you know what I mean. You just you share in your faith. How do you share your faith? I, I think I told this story already, but I, I was at the checkout counter the other day, and I don't usually witness to the people at the checkout counter. It doesn't work that way. But she started asking me questions. She said, what do you think of this? What do you think of the world situation? I said, I think the world's messed up. She goes, what do we do about it? I said, the world needs Jesus. Oh, yeah, but do you think it'll all work out? And I said, I read the book. It all works out. She said, what book? The Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Bible. The world needs Jesus. I mean, people are, if, if you, it, it, the, the, right now, it is so easy to share. There, people are asking questions. We just need to be wise enough, Jesus said, be harmless as doves and wise as serpents. No, the other way around. Harmless as doves, wise as serpents. We need to be, be wise enough to see the opportunity and say, hey, I've got an answer for you. And can I pray for you? I mean, I still, I still have never had a single person, and I have prayed for some really crazy situations. I've never had anybody say, no, you can't pray for me. Every time. I was driving down the road one day and saw an old old car that somebody had restored. And I don't know why I did it. I don't do stuff like this. But I was like, that is such a cool car. And I just pulled in and I went up and I knocked and I said, hey, can I look at your car? I don't do stuff like that. It's so weird. And this old guy comes out. He comes out hobbling. And I said, man, that is a sweet car out there. He goes, oh yeah, I built that, blah, 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 and this and that. And he says, I'd show it to you, but I can't walk over there. He says, my back really hurts and this and that. And I said, can I pray for you? I don't know this man. I don't. I met. I mean, it's not because I'm a pastor. I just, it was the opera. I said, "Can I pray for you?" And he goes, "Sure." And I said, "I said, hey man. I said, let me pray for you, Father. I thank you for this man. I just pray right now that you heal his body, touch his body right now in Jesus' name." Amen. He started. He had a tear down. He looks at me and he goes, "That is so weird." I was like, great. What is that supposed to mean? He goes, that's so weird. I was just watching this guy, Ken Copeland or something like that on TV, happened across it, and he was saying that people could pray for healing. I was wondering if it was true. Wow. 
I drove away. I have no idea. I'll hear the end of that testimony someday in heaven. But, I mean, people are hungry. People need answers. Share your faith. Tell, God, tell people why you're not afraid of 2021 coming. Tell them why you're not afraid of dying, why you're not afraid of the Rona. I'm not afraid of the Rona. I'm not afraid of any disease that comes. I don't. It, 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 a friend of mine, I won't drop his name, but a friend of mine says, you have three options. Number one, you can be healed of it. Or it just never even attacks you because you're walking in faith. You're believing that God's going to heal you, know, that you're walking in healing. That's option one. You just nothing ever touches you. Number two, you get healed because you caught it. No, no, it's not a bad. It's not a no, no shame. Hey, I had a runny nose. I, I had the Rona three, two months ago. Got worked every day. Raked my yard every day. You know, raked, worked in my yard. I'm healed. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's what the word says. So you can even get it if you don't. You never get it because you're 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 in that place, or you you get it and you get healed. Or the other option is you die. It's good to be. It's either you know to be absent from the body is to be present with the. Exactly, death is not the worst thing that could happen to you. Share your faith. Share with somebody. Why? For the hope, about the hope that you have in you. Number five, expect miracles. expect miracles. Expect the supernatural. We need to be expecting the supernatural. When somebody gets sick, expect to pray for them and they will be healed. Expect for miraculous provision, miraculous protection, miraculous whatever. Expect that God is, is, God is real and that he wants to be a part of your life today. He's not a distant deity who got it all started and said, I'm out of here. You guys are nuts. No, he's involved today. And, his, and he has given us power by the Holy Spirit to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. To, to perform miracles. To raise the dead. Blind eyes open. But we need to be expecting this stuff. Expecting that when you pray for something, somebody's going to pray for somebody, something's going to happen. I've seen people instantly healed. Why? Because I'm a pastor and I've got a degree? No, because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. A lot of that stuff happened well before I was ever paid to be good. <laughs> Brian's not here, so I have I can I got to use that joke. That's that's Brian Eager's joke. He says, I get paid to be good. He has to be good for nothing. <laughs> expect the supernatural. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can expect God to do what he said he would do. And he said a lot. How do you know what he said? Read the Bible. Number six. Embrace suffering. Oh, shoot. Yeah, got to throw that one in there, don't you? See, it, it, it's typed up, embrace suffering, because that's actually how I wrote it way back when. But I've changed it in my notes to hupomino suffering. Hupomino. You know what hupomino means? Well, it's all Greek to me. But it's Greek. <laughs> Hupomino is a Greek word that described how Jesus went to the cross. It says, that in, in a, don't remember exactly, but it says that Christ endured the shame of the cross. That word endured, endured, is hupomino. Endured to us means, all right, if I have to, I guess. I'll just get through it. And that's, you know, when we read in, he, Christ endured, oh, he, I don't know, he barely made it, but by golly, he did, and praise God that he did. No, 
when that word, when, when they wrote, when Paul wrote endured or hupomino in the New Testament, when he's describing how Christ went to the cross, this is what hupomino or endured means. When he saw the cross, he set his face to flint and he started going towards it. And when I'm talking about suffering, I'm not talking about sickness and disease and poverty. That's, that's, that's not what he didn't. He, that, that's the curse. When he died on the cross, the curse was removed from us. We're blessed. We're healed. We're provided for. We're taken care of. The suffering I'm talking about is those people that don't like it when you present Christ, when you share Christ. You know, I, I, I can say I've, ne- I've never asked anyone if I could pray for them where they said no. Nobody has ever told me no. But I've shared my faith and I've had all kinds of things that people said to me. I've suffered. I've lost friends. I've, I've lost co-workers. I had a guy in a, in a lunchroom one time when I was sharing my faith. I just because They asked the question. I didn't, you know, I'm not pushy. But I was working and we were on lunch break and somebody asked me a question. I had an opportunity. So I started to share. And the guy slams his food, gets up and he goes, you got to stop talking about that Jesus blankety blank. And stormed out. I used to party with the guy. That's suffering. Suffering persecution for, for the gospel. Suffering when people malign you or, or reject you. Because that's the suffering he's talking about. The suffering that Christ endured was not sickness. It was the cross. It was his flesh being destroyed. When you step out by faith, many times when you step out when you don't want to, but by God, the Lord is leading you to say something or to do something or pray for somebody, your flesh is going, no! Because every step you take, every time you embrace it and you start moving towards that, your flesh is going, stop! You're killing me! That's the suffering. Embrace it. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter. Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before man, I'll acknowledge you before the holy angels in heaven. I'd rather have him acknowledge me than anybody else. But you have to make that choice. You have to make the choice to walk by faith and to live it no matter what. So those are the six pillars. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Read the Word a lot. Pray a lot. Evangelize. Expect the supernatural. And endure or hupomino suffering. We have three goals. It's always in the bulletin. But we don't do bulletins anymore except online. We have them online. I was actually, I looked at the bulletin this week. Just so you know. Yeah. We have three goals. Quarterly goals for every month starting in January. We're just finishing up this last quarter, January, February, March. Uh, we have three goals every, every quarter. Number one is read the Bible daily. That's my goal for you is be in the Word. Because someday I may not be here. Someday, someday uh, I may do something dumb. I don't plan on it. I really don't. But I may say something. You know, I may get goofy. Er. Goofy-er. <laughs> you need to know what the truth is for yourself. You may be somewhere else. You, you can't call me, or I don't pick up the phone. You need to know the Word. Read the Bible daily. Number two, pray daily. Be it, make it a habit. Everybody five years old. Who's five years old here? Anybody here is five years old? <laughs> five years old. Six? Oh, I see. Yeah, there's a five-year-old. Five, do, you, do you read yet? Do you read? Yeah. Daily. Read the Bible. Pray. You can do that. I prayed when I was five. I remember it. I remember praying when I was five. Pray daily. Number three, share your faith at least once in the next three months. Those are our goals. It's easy. Do you notice there's no monetary goals there? It's not plan on giving at least 30% of your income. <laughs> has none to do. This has to do with the kingdom of God. It has to do with what's really important. You know him, you'll do whatever you're supposed to do. He'll, you'll do what he tells you to do. And God will take care of the church. God will take care of us. Pfft. I, I know him. I trust him. 
and He loves us. Amen? So, six pillars, three goals. That's it. That's how we get through 20. 2021 is going to be the best year you've ever lived in your life. And if right now you had that pit in your stomach, it goes, <gasps> remember, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Amen? Amen. Amen.